0: And now for something completely different.
1: You are about to hear the David Spoon Experience.
2: Welcome to the David Spoon Experience. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David today. He is out enjoying the sunshine, I'm sure. We're having a great day off, and uh, right before this uh, marvelous holiday, we get to celebrate tomorrow, July 4th, uh, the Independence Day, day that our uh, founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence. We want to thank you for joining us here on AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. Our number here, if you want to reach the show today, is 866-577-2473 that's a toll free number it's 8665772473 you can also reach me at whitefields ministry uh, during the week whitefields.org our phone number there is 7608468610 if you want to interact with me after the show about anything I address today, whether you agree or disagree, I'd be more than happy to engage with you and talk about that. I'm also available to share at churches about missions and what God is doing all around the world. We want to challenge your church, your Bible study or Sunday school class to engage in the cause of Jesus Christ. You can reach the show and David Spoon uh, by email, davidspoon at com, or you can find his Facebook page. I, I have it linked up on my Facebook account. Read it every morning. You can just type in the David Spoon Experience. You can like it and make a comment or share the posts. And you'll also find David on Twitter at, at Spoon Experience and hope that you will engage with all the things that he gets involved with He's always got uh, such fascinating things to talk about. When I get to sit in his chair, it's kind of like I'm on the wrong side of the desk. So I always have to get sort of settled in a little bit first and try to figure out that there's nobody sitting here asking me questions or making faces at me or smiling at me and things like that. But we're going to have a great time today. Looking forward to a lot of interaction as uh, we get going. And, And I'm in good hands. Tugboat Todd is on the other side of the glass over there. And, um, you're doing he's, good so far. Yeah, okay, good. That's great to know. We've got some good things going on, and if I uh, say anything wrong or do anything, he just pushes a button and it ejects me right out the window, and they'll start playing soothing music. So you're, you're in good hands. Well, tomorrow is a, a great celebration. Phenomenal, phenomenal day of our country. I know our friends up in Canada are celebrating uh just uh, recently, I was up there, and they 're celebrating their one hundred and fiftieth year anniversary, and our country has a few more years of course we uh we revolted against the queen now they they're still uh, they still like the queen she 's all right and uh, but we we were a little different in the way that we uh went about our independence and um, kind of causes uh, you know a little bit of a a different feeling that some people have. I travel a lot. Uh, I, I love people in many different countries. And I'm always in different kinds of countries. I'm in different kinds of cultures all the time. But I love my country. I love America. In fact, you know, I've lived at other places in the United States and I like San Diego. And I know there's a lot of you out there right now that are like, yep, don't spread the good news about what San Diego's like. Uh, but I'm a patriotic person. When I hear those patriotic songs at the 4th of July fireworks, uh, there's a little welling up in my heart that says, man, we've had a lot of advantages and, uh, we want to take advantage of those. We want to use those freedoms and the advantages that we've had to bless other people. So I don't think there's anything ultimately wrong with being patriotic. I think it's how we approach it and say, Hey, you know what? We've got so many great advantages, I'm going to take advantage of those to help and bless other people that haven't got the same freedoms. One of those freedoms that we have, and I want to open the show today talking about this because this is the Christian station. I want to talk about the freedom that we have and it's the freedom of faith. Now I'm going to launch back just like a month ago to a conversation that was had. It was some senators and they were having a, uh, a a contentious kind of a confirmation hearing. And it was the Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders was questioning the faith of a nominee for deputy director of the office of management and budget. You might have uh, remembered that little interchange that went on. I don't really think this is old news because it's really something that has been fomenting in our country, in the United States of America for quite some time. Uh, Bernie Sanders and and his uh, freedom of faith really brings up an issue that I want to address to just kick off the show. Is it required, faith that is, is it required to remain private and it's not allowed in the public venue of our government? Uh, That's something that should cause every one of us to say, well, you know, that's a good question. Is my faith, if I have a faith that is uh, a Christian faith, or a faith that actually believes in the specific biblical principles of Christianity, is that required to just remain my own business, my own opinion, and I'm not allowed to function and act in the public realm and in the public specter, and I'm not allowed to have a place in our government? Well, that's what Bernie Sanders was addressing in this uh, a confirmation hearing, and there was a great article that was written about it. I want to read to you some of that article. It was in The Atlantic. Bernie Sanders, it was titled Religious Test for Christians in Public Office. It was written by Emma Green. It was published on June 8th in The Atlantic. I thought she did a very good job writing. It was very balanced and well handled, just kind of laying out the quotes and and, and showing some of the things that were there. It, it, It is important for you to understand What this debate is all about, and where do you stand in this? How do you explain this and talk about this with your friends and others? The real debate that has been raging is whether Christians will be allowed to speak their faith in public, or if they are relegated to being abnormal if you hold a position that Jesus is the only way of salvation. Let me read some of this article just to give you a context of that particular debate that took place. Sanders, she says, Emma Green took issue with a piece Vought wrote in January of 2016 about a fight at the nominee's alma mater. The, Mr. Vaught was an g- alumni of Wheaton College. She says the Christian school had fired a political science professor, Larissa Hawkins, for a Facebook post intended to express solidarity with Muslims. Vaught disagreed with Hawkins' post and defended the school in an article for the conservative website The Resurgent. During the hearing, that's the hearing that was held back in June, Sanders repeatedly quoted one passage that he found particularly objectionable. That passage, and it's quoted here, Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. They do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned. Now, Bernie Sanders said, and it's in quotes in this article by Emma Green, In my view, the statement made by Mr. Vaught is indefensible, it is hateful, it is Islamophobic, and it is an insult to over a billion Muslims throughout the world. Sanders told the committee during his introductory remarks. This country, referring now to my country, America, the one that was founded by our founding fathers, he says this country, since its inception, has struggled, sometimes with great pain, to overcome discrimination of all forms. We must not go backwards. Now, I find it quite interesting at this point. I'm going to interject some thoughts. It's not really my point in this segment to talk about Bernie Sanders. I'm getting to something else, but... Islam, the religion that Bernie Sanders is defending here, what he believes against Mr. Vaught's theological position, also believes that anybody that doesn't practice Islam is an infidel. So Mr. Sanders, by the way, Senator Sanders, you would not be acceptable to Muslims and you would also stand condemned. But that's not really the point of what I want to get at. So just kind of lock that out of your mind. Keep listening here for a second. Now, Emma Green in this article says where Sanders saw Islamophobia and intolerance, Watt believed he was stating a basic principle of his belief as an evangelical Christian, that faith in Jesus is the only pathway to salvation. And where Sanders believed he was policing bigotry in public office, Others believed he was imposing a religious test. You know, that's quite an interesting statement. She goes on to quote Russell Moore, the the head of the political arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. You can read some of those things to get that understanding. She then makes a statement. The exchange shows just how tense the political environment under Trump has become. Well, I want to tell you something. This is not new, and it's not something that just cropped up under President Trump. This has been going on for a long time. In fact, you will remember that businesses like Hobby Lobby were attacked viciously in our last administration because they chose to practice their faith in the administration of their business. Our federal government sued them and said, you're not allowed to practice your faith in a business. You have to provide payment for abortions. You have to do things that are uh, against your will because you're running a business and a business isn't allowed to practice Christian principles. Others, like bakers and photographers, have also been attacked for their unwillingness to violate their conscience of faith in the artistic practice of their businesses. So this isn't something that, like, wow, just all of a sudden cropped up a couple months ago. What Bernie Sanders and the other senator that I want to get to, and this is really the point of what I really want to address here today, is that there was another senator that popped up later on. The next two senators spoke, and this is Emma Green again. She writes, the next two senators who spoke also stepped into the fight. Cory Gardner, the Republican senator from Colorado, chastised Sanders. I I hope that we are not questioning the faith of others and how they interpret their faith to themselves, he said. And then Senator Chris Van Hollen of Maryland defended his colleague, Bernie Sanders. And, And this is what Chris Van Hollen said. "'I don't think anybody was questioning anybody's faith here,' he said. Van Hollen said, "'It's irrefutable that comments like Vaught's suggest to many that he's condemning all people who aren't Christians, and he asserted that Vaught's view of his faith is wrong.'" That should cause you to take rise. If you are a Christian and you believe that the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ— Senator Chris Van Hollen is speaking to you. He's telling you, your your view of your faith, Christianity, is wrong. And, and then he goes on to say this, and this is Emma Green again in this article. She quotes him, I'm a Christian, but part of being a Christian, in my view, is recognizing that there are lots of ways that people can pursue their God, Van Hollen said. No one is questioning your face. It's your comments that suggest a violation of the public trust in what will be a very important position. Now, I really want to bring to your attention what this really means. When he says in my Christian, I'm a Christian, but part of being a Christian in my view, you have to step back from that and say, now, wait a second. Does my view or does Senator Van Hollen's view, is that truth? Is that right and wrong is that what determines what's right and wrong and i would suggest no on this independence day holiday as we approach that we have a freedom of religion and we have the freedom as christians to say the bible not a senator's views determine what is supreme for the christian faith if we're going to determine what Christianity is based on the opinions of people that are now called calling themselves Christians, we are in a very poor state of genuine faith and biblical faith. We are most gracious and loving, and we should be diligently proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ. And that truth is found in John's gospel. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Believing and practicing that is not discrimination. It it is the most important act of compassion to proclaim to someone that in order for you to avoid hell and condemnation at the end of your life, when you stand before the judge of the universe, you can believe in Jesus Christ and be forgiven. There's no sense of of, uh, condemnation that is discriminatory during this life. It is a warning. In fact, the very, very first time that the Christians were called Christians was in uh, Antioch, Acts chapter 11, verse 25. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. What does it mean? Well, it's to be called a Christ one, a Christ one. Follower, someone who lived their life imitating and emulating Jesus Christ. Well, who was Jesus Christ of the lost world? Well, he wasn't uh, someone to be honored. He, it was a derogatory term of derision. You're one of those followers of the dead, shameful, crucified c- Savior. They didn't respect these people and call them Christ ones. Ultimately, to call oneself a Christian a Christ follower, you must be more concerned with, does God know me? Not whether I think I know a God or I have a God. Matthew chapter seven, Jesus said this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, 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 did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So on this uh, day of uh, approaching Independence Day, be thankful for the freedom of faith that we have had in our country so far. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of White Fields Ministry. I'm sitting in for David. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. When we come back, I've got some updated highlights from Uganda.
1: On AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station.
3: Hey, K-Praise friends, Sam Russell here with Keller Williams Realty. No catchy radio jingle here, just me asking for the opportunity to earn your business. I've been a top-selling realtor here in San Diego for over two decades, having sold homes all over the county. I'll give 25% of my commission back to a ministry of your choice. I've already given thousands to Turning Point, San Diego Rescue Mission, and Samaritan's Purse just to name a few. I'll even front any home fix-up costs at no charge to you. As a former Muslim and now Christian, I put God first personally and professionally. If you or someone you know is considering buying or selling a home, just meet with me. You have nothing to lose. I'll even share my testimony and give you a copy of my book. Call me now at 858 sam That's 858 780 Or visit me online for all your real estate needs. ThinkSam.com. That's ThinkSam.com. God bless.
4: No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life.
3: Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through.
0: Whether it's physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it.
4: Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at MakeTheConnection.net.
5: From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now, here is America's number one syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas. Last week's Republican meltdown in the Senate over health insurance is another reminder of government's inability to do much that produces results. Republicans could not agree on a bill to repeal and replace Obamacare. They will try again after the July 4th recess. It's hard to see how so called moderates who favor continued funding of Planned Parenthood can be persuaded to vote for anything that replaces Obamacare, which is failing. Maybe President Trump was right. Maybe Republicans should let Obamacare completely crater since Democrats own. Let them take responsibility for failure instead of the Republicans. Competition between insurance companies, allowing individuals to shop across state lines and design plans unique to their needs is the way to go. Government should not be telling people what plans to buy. The left wants a single payer system like the UK's NHS. People there have died waiting to have surgery or just to see a doctor. For the left, failure is never a reason to abandon a program. The Republicans had better respond.
1: It's the oh, one the and only David Spoon Experience on AM 1210, K-Braves,
2: the Christian the station. So we Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. That's a great bumper song, Todd. He knows my uh, days of singing in the uh, men's quartet at uh, college back in those days. We did some barbershop work. That was really nice. I loved that barbershop harmonies. And uh we did a few patriotic uh, songs back then, you know. It's it's a uh it's a fun uh, fun theme to do it in quartet music and you can have a blast doing that too. We want to thank you for joining us here at AM 1210 K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry sitting in for David. You can find our Whitefields Ministry at uh, whitefields.org. That's a great w- Place for you to go check out a website. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a, a post, a blog post that we just put up on our website this past week. Every now and then in our ministry, we encounter what are devastating, severe traumas going on in communities surrounding our churches. Now we are planting three churches in the Rukanjiri area of Uganda right now. Pastor Onesimus is our field director there. So Whitefields supports Pastor Onesimus so that he can be at work full time in the Kotobo village with God's Embassy Church. And then we're supporting two uh, church planters, Pastor Robinson and Pastor John Bosco. They are working out in the villages of Katonia and another village called Chagaga. So they are planting new churches. Those are places too far to walk to God's embassy. Well, there's an area to the west of of those villages in the Rukungiri Township. It's still in like the county or the province of Rukungiri, but it's about a three-hour drive. Now, those are on very, very difficult dirt roads. These are uh, very hard places to get to. They're very rural, and I have driven through there with Pastor Onesimus. Uh, it was a couple of years ago, the first time we drove through, and he began pointing out to me, he said, this area, these people are very, very poor. They are the sub-lowest level of people in the, the country of Uganda. They they do not have good education there. There are not uh, resources available from the government-produced utilities and things like that. And they live in a very, very difficult and dangerous rural area, and uh, they're they're very poor. And he says, I've had a burden on my heart. He says, I somehow, I want to bring the gospel to these people. And so we've been working and praying towards those ends. Now, we began through the support of our Whitefields partners and the finances that they give to begin planting these churches up in the Rukinjuri Township area. That's kind of the first step of being able to reach out and help and and uh, set uh, up a, a plan that will be able to turn and transform a community. And it really comes out of, a flows out of the gospel of Jesus Christ and really our response to the issues of poverty. There there is a close connection between the veracity of the gospel, the genuineness of the gospel of Jesus Christ taking root in your heart, and a ministry to the poor. The relationship in Scripture between a genuine faith, really truly believing that Jesus Christ has died for us, is a humbling Belief, it's a humbling faith. And out from it, outpours from our heart a ministry to the poor. And that relationship in Scripture between genuine faith and ministry to the poor is remarkable. I'm just going to bring you one example of that. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing the the book of Galatians, that is the uh, the letter, the epistle that he wrote to the church in Galatia, after he had gone and met with the apostles in Jerusalem, and those apostles being Peter, James, and John, the three uh, highest leaders in the, the among the twelve uh, of Jesus, they were always mentioned as a, as a threesome. Well, those three disciples had met with Paul and Barnabas, and after they had confirmed, yes, you have a genuine gospel, you're preaching the true gospel, then the apostles, those apostles requested something of Paul and Barnabas. They asked him to remember the poor. And Paul writes about that in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 10 specifically. He kind of, to get into that context, he says, When James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship. I don't know if you've ever been in a church that practices the right hand of fellowship. Whenever you introduce new members and you say, come on up. And uh, when I was growing up, uh, we used to say that, you know, they they do this little ceremony. They'd bring them up and they'd offer them the right hand of fellowship. That comes from this verse right here. Uh, well, they, when they, the apostles there in Jerusalem did that, and that we should go to the Gentiles, and they would go to the circumcised. I think that's kind of what makes this uh, so great. David is Jewish, and I'm a Gentile. And yeah, we get along great together because we both know Jesus Christ. And so that's what's happening here. Paul is going to take the gospel to the Gentiles, and Peter, James, and John are going to continue their ministry among the Jewish people. Only, he says, they asked us to remember the poor, and then he says this, the very thing I was eager to do. And so the idea was clear, that if you're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, don't keep the message just to wealthy, and could I say able-bodied people, and I, I don't say that with any disparage terms to non-able-bodied. It's just that some people, they might look around and they go, well, if I'm going to preach the gospel and i want to build a church, I'm going to tell it to all the good people, all the wealthy people, all the people that can work really hard and earn lots of money and give lots of offerings. But Whitefield's ministry, we do something very different. We're taking the gospel to very poor people. And so that Galatians chapter 2 verse 10 it marks out the division of labor between Peter to the Jews and Paul to the Gentiles. But there was going to be an area of overlap. According to some of the study notes in the ESV study Bible, they say this, there was one area of overlap. Paul was to organize collections for the poor, probably referring mainly to poor Christians in Jerusalem who were Jewish. And of course it's recorded elsewhere that Paul did in fact do that very thing. He undertook, Offerings to help the poor Christians that were suffering from famine. Uh, You'll find those in Romans chapter 15 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and then 2 Corinthians chapter 8 through 9. I spend a lot of time reading in 2 Corinthians 8 through 9 to make sure that my my, uh, exaltation of offerings is consistent with the way Paul did it. Because he was doing the very same thing. There are people that are starving and that are poor and that are suffering. And we need to be involved in ministering to them. Whitefield's ministry is doing that. And we are very eager to remember the poor when we spread the gospel too. In every country that we go to, there are poor people. And I mean poor people that are living in the depths of poverty. Especially right now in Uganda. The people in an area called Chicharada... We just dealt with a cyclone devastation in Myanmar last month. We were thankful to some of our partners that stepped forward and said, we're going to help those people who who the cyclone blew their bamboo houses away. We're going to help them restore those. And we've sent an offering over, and Pastor David Joy is headed out into a very dangerous area because the, the rebels are fighting the government uh, soldiers in that area. And he's making his way around that in order to get to some of the churches out in the mountain villages. But right now we're dealing with with an issue in Uganda. And our church members there, uh, they were going to be going uh, on Monday. It's just a little bit past midnight there right now, but they were not able to go today, today because the police of the area said, would you please hold off? They're, they're doing so much. The, the church members there are gathering so much. They're doing so much groundwork that the police recognized that they were getting ready to go do something. And they said, there's a very important opposition leader in the federal government here from Kampala, the capital city. And we don't want to cause an up, uprise of you guys being out there passing out food. Will you wait one day until he's gone? And so they wanted to let the opposition leader get through his uh, place and then go take a look at all those things. But then the police said to them, hey, you know what? If you will go on Tuesday, we'll provide a detailed escort to provide safety for you. And so the members of the church now are are now being assisted and helped by the police who say, we can see what you're going to go do to help these extremely poor people. We want to help you. So our team has been down there. They've been going by Boda Boda. That's a motorbike. It's a motorcycle. And they, they visited. They, they got to 170 houses in the most rural, uh, poorest area. And then they said we observed that there's an additional 50 more families. So there's about a total of 220. Well, we got some funds over in order for them to buy food. You can see pictures of that at whitefields.org. Just click on the blog titled Remember the Poor. And there's also now an update down at the bottom. I just updated this morning because they just sent me words after their weekend. They collected over a thousand pieces of clothes, assorted dresses, pants, shirts, skirts, and T-shirts from among their own church members. And these are very poor people. I've been there. I've seen. They have very, very little. And yet they gave out of their own meager clothing and other things. They, they've brought, in fact, I was really blessed when Pastor shared that even some people that he thought were too poor, they came and gave out of their own cornmeal, their own corn maize. They said, here it is, we want to serve. And so they're feeding starving people and they'll receive food. And then naked children are going to receive clothes because these churches now exist where just a couple of years ago, there were no churches. There was no place for them to go, but now there is. Well, we are training them to to get out of this poverty and at whitefields dot org you can see the pictures and remember the poor and Maybe this week you might want to get involved and help us out so that we can send some more bags of pocho corn maize so these people will have. Food to eat. And that's what Whitefields is doing all around the world. I'm Steve Wheeler. I'm the director of Whitefields Ministry, and I'm sitting in for David today. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. When we come back, I believe Sam Razul is in the house, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with you.
1: No no local, rest, national, and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience An AM twelve ten Cape Race, the
6: Christian Station. God can purge our hearts of the sin that destroys our intimacy with Him and others. Our Daily Bread. Today's encouragement from the Our Daily Bread devotional was written by Soshi Dixon. Soshi writes... A writing deadline loomed over me while the argument I had with my husband earlier that morning swirled through my mind. I stared at the blinking cursor, fingertips resting on the keyboard. He was wrong too, Lord. When the computer screen went black, my reflection scowled. My unacknowledged wrongs were doing more than hindering the work before me. They were straining my relationship with my husband and my God. I grabbed my cell phone, swallowed my pride, and asked for forgiveness. Savoring the peace of reconciliation when my spouse apologized as well, I thanked God and finished my article on time. So she continues, The Israelites experienced the pain of personal sin and the joy of restoration. Joshua warned God's people not to enrich themselves in the battle for Jericho, but Achan stole captured items and hid them in his tent. Only after his sin was exposed and dealt with did the nation enjoy reconciliation with their God. Like Achan, we don't always consider how tucking sin into our tents turns our hearts from God and impacts those around us. Acknowledging Jesus as Lord admitting our sin and seeking forgiveness provides the foundation for healthy and faithful relationships with God and others. By submitting to our loving creator and sustainer daily, we can serve him and enjoy his presence together. You can help us spread the good news to those who need it. Share Our Daily Bread with your friends and family on Facebook and Twitter. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries.
4: Karma. Do you believe in it? Do you believe that what goes around comes around? It's a pretty popular belief. The English rock band Radiohead brought it up in their classic song, Karma Police. The singer is upset because trying to be a good person and have good karma hasn't made him happy. The lyrics say, I've given all I can. It's not enough. It's easy to think that way, isn't it? That if we give our best effort, we deserve to get what we want truth is, though, our best effort often isn't good enough. And when it comes to sin, it's never good enough. The Bible says no one can work hard enough to escape the punishment we deserve. But thankfully, there's good news. Jesus Christ took our punishment upon himself. The moment you give your heart to Christ, you are forgiven. It's a free gift. Want to learn more about that? Go to findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
1: The David Spoon Experience well, continues on AM 1210 k Race, the Christian Station. And I won't
3: forget the men who died, who gave that light to
1: me. And I gladly stand up next to you and
2: still Wow, well, you are listening to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here. Great bumper music today, Todd. That was an awesome one. I love that song, and it is good for us to always remember those that have fought for our freedom, as well as those that continue to protect our freedom. I want to thank you for joining us here at AM twelve ten K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. I am Steve Wheeler, and I'm the director of Whitefields Ministry. And sitting in with me today is Sam Razul. And thanks, Sam, for being here. Thanks for having me, Steve. Awesome. You're doing it's a great, great
3: job. You might have missed your calling
2: as a DJ. <laughs> so Some, somewhere like along to talk the way, about what do you think? Yeah. Uh, David better watch out don't well you know, I know what right? I was sitting here thinking I'm going wow David's not here it's like like, it's like dad's not home. Hey, yeah. come on. Let's go on the roof and see if we can jump off. You know? And then I was telling Todd, I'm going to lead with that. And then he said, you know, there's a really cool helicopter on top of the building. So what do you think? You, you want to go, you want to go see if we can? <laughs> uh, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, thank you personally. Uh, you and I have been on with David before, but uh, I can tell everyone that's listening, Sam sold a piece of property for us, did a great yep, job. Thank you. I really appreciated that. The efficiency was awesome. I have a full-time job. And it was like I, di- I did not have the ability to go, hey, I'm going to do all this real estate work. And Sam just took care of everything. And so Efficient Team did a great job. And then also in your advertisements, you talk about donations. Yeah. And you'll donate a portion of your proceeds. And, and Whitefields has been blessed by that. We we have received the proceeds I think three times now. You have. And I've, I've kind of made it a personal um you know, mission now to,
3: you know, when people hire me from the radio and tugboat, you'll get a kick out of this. I just had a lady and we met with them, have their home now listed in in Chula Vista. And it was, it was the mom tugboat that she, Literally said to me, she she made her kids call me and she said, Yeah, those crazy guys kept saying, Send them to Sam. And she literally <laughs> did the whole send them to the Sam <laughs> thing. Sam. Yeah, awesome. She did that there in the go. house.
2: Send them to, I gotta try that. Send them to Sam. That's,
3: and she's a, she's an example. And what well, I've been great. doing though is just suggesting to people, hey, if you don't mind, you know, can I can we give a portion to Whitefields and then mm. whatever ministry you decide, most of the time they say, Oh yeah, we love Whitefields, we hear them on the air all the time. So I've i made great. it a personal
2: uh Well, you know. It's a way for people to help out the cause of Christ. And some of that money right now is going to feed some people that are starving in Uganda. I mean, literally starving. And if they just go to ThinkSam.com and they choose you to be their realtor, a portion of that their commission, And they're not paying anything extra for that. No, right? absolutely yeah.
3: not. Yeah. I charge what uh, normal real estate fees. I take 25% out. All they got to do is tell me it can't you okay, praise. We heard you on the radio. I take 25%, yeah. which is a big chunk. Oh, sure. And it goes right to the ministry. I literally have them. I, I sometimes I give them the check so they can send it because yeah. it, it makes everybody. And I yeah. look at it like this. You're going to hire a real estate agent mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody who's going to buy or sell a house and they're going to hire a real estate agent at least just give me a chance. Right. Just meet with me. If, you, if, you, if I walk in the door and you hate me, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll shake your hand. I'll give you a hug, and you can still hire I can't a, imagine who, anybody doing uh, that.
2: But okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's probably one or two one people or two. out there. I,
3: I don't, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but nine sure. out of ten times I walk yeah. in. We have a great meeting, and then the kingdom gets served. So it's a great— Well,
2: that's, that's the exciting thing, and I want to tell people that it is a tremendous blessing the way that those checks come. I, I, I think I, I don't—I I t- told—I uh, got a text from you. For a check, and it was right when I was coming back from Uganda. Yeah, I had been a sorting week
3: and a half ago. A week and a half yeah. ago,
2: I was sorting through things on the airplane ride. It was a it was an eight hour ride from uh, from Amsterdam back to Minneapolis. And when I got in Minneapolis, then all of a sudden, phone coverage, everything comes back on, uh, and I, I could I could access my phone. And a text message came in with a picture from you. It had this check, and it was like. Lord, that's exactly how much I was praying for to be able to get this next step of a project done. It was the exact amount. It was just it, tremendous. Isn't Lord that words. something? Yeah. Isn't that something? Somewhere back, somebody started a process with you to do that, and then the Lord said, I got to get this person to sell their house with Sam so that he can give the check, and it will solve a water problem over in Uganda that we're working on.
3: And I, I just look at those <clears> things, and I say, I, I, I'm, I'm so comfortable doing it, and one, it's just how, what I should do mm-hmm, as a Christian, but right. I'm so comfortable with it because those aren't, I, I had nothing to do with, with this lady insisting right. that her daughter, you know, call me. I <laughs> oh, don't know anything great. about them. I've never been to their neighborhood. They've right. never seen my advertisements. So she, the Lord led her. I'm with them. So it's oh, it's, great. it's working great.
2: Well, that's super. I know. Uh, uh, as we look at things uh, coming along, I, you were listening to the first segment of the show. I'm pretty sure you you, you listen every day all day long. I was. Yeah, right. <laughs> we were talking about Muslims and Sam. You used to be a Muslim. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious your opinion of what I was talking about there. With uh,
3: you know that it's. Uh, here, here's what I'll say. A few things. Mm-hmm. I, I think that these these um, senators and congresspeople, people they, they need to remember. Islam is is the most um um oh, what's the word um uh, religion that you just that there's no other option. Yeah, you know, it's it's exclusive. it's exclusive.
2: It's even it's, it's it's exclusive in a sense different from Christianity because we're exclusive, but we're taught to love people that haven't. Accepted Correct. Christianity. Yes. There's uh, a big difference between that's that.
3: The, and, he, and here's the bottom line. I wish we would just stop all of the talk about it. One discussion I'd love to see in Congress is, hey, look, Islam is obviously something that's important. Mm-hmm. Let's. How about we just have an open dialogue and say, let's study Islam openly. Mm-hmm. Let's study Christianity openly because ultimately there's, you know, only one can be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just baffles me when I hear people say, well, you know, it, it's okay that you can be Muslim. No, it's not.
2: Well, it's because, because they have an opinion that people can have their own personal God. Well, uh, that is a very dangerous opinion. That
3: doesn't make it true. You can right. believe, I mean, I believe I'm six feet tall and I have more hair than <laughs> I do. But, Todd, is that true? It's not true.
2: Not quite. Okay, not not not. quite. Okay, we're going to stand up right now. (laughs) Hey, dad's not here. Let's go up on the roof. That was the other thing brothers always did. Hey, stand up against the wall. Who's taller? So uh,
3: Uh, I just think an open examination. But here's the, the thing. Islam will never allow that. Because right. the open the, – you know, the open examination, there's only one thing to examine. If you really – I mean, there's so much in the religions that are different. But ultimately, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that just needs to be examined is who was this figure in right. history named Jesus – what actually happened to him? Right. Okay? And if those things are factual enough, I mean, we none of us were
2: there. Right. Faith is still required. We believe but, them based on the Bible and the veracity and truthfulness of the yes. Bible.
3: And if the facts are overwhelmingly enough that a logical person would say, wow, that has to be true, or I'd, it, then that means by default, I'm, I'm not insulting you. I'm just saying that by default, if this is right. highly likely that it's factually true, then by default, Islam is false. Right. And Judaism is incomplete. And that
2: coming from a former Muslim. Yes. You were by Muslim by birth. I actually have your book right here. I've yep. read it. I've read his book uh, and have given away several copies as well. Uh, Muslim by birth and Christian by faith. It's a great testimony. And then he also kind of compares Islam. I have a question for you, something. We've got a couple of minutes here before the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we witness through Whitefield's ministry to a lot of Muslims around the world. We have a ministry in the Middle East. We've planted two churches there in a very Muslim-dominated country. And we also witnessed to Muslims in Africa. We've got a few Muslims right now that that I've been asked to pray for. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious, before you became a believer— What were the contentions and the things going on in your mind, particularly so that people could pray for Muslims that have not received Christ, but that begin seeking Christ, they begin saying, hey, I see what you're doing. I want to know more about this. What are the things that you had to overcome in your mind in order to say, I'm going to believe in Jesus?
3: For me, I had to overcome. This is me now. Uh Everybody's in different places in there, but ultimately I had to overcome this notion that I had to overcome the exclusive, exclusive exclusivity mm-hmm. of Christianity. Okay, and once I understood that it w- it, it was ex- exclusive, only by fact, right? But totally inclusive right. in its reach, meaning anybody's invited, right? But yes. the facts are extremely. Fact. There's one. There's only one thing. He 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 came. He died. Right. He rose again. That can't be. You can't say. Well, I like some of it, but not this piece of. Okay. It. That was the big deal. So
2: you you had to come to to grips with the biblical theology of Jesus dying. And why he had to do that, the atonement, paying for our sin, which is very foreign to a Muslim mind, right?
3: Yeah, the why was also very important, because I needed to really get a clear picture. Number one, this whole concept of it being so exclusive, and this this means that, because I knew, I'm a smart guy, I knew if this were to be true, then everything else, including everything in my family's world, is false. Right. So that had to be once, number one. That's That's
2: a hard thing to do, isn't it? To reject everything that your family has believed and sort of raised you up in right it,
3: it's it 's hard if you don 't have some facts okay right because then it 's just emotion right. then it's just you know i you know but when it's when, when it becomes factual and you go you go wow, i mean there's just again look there 's so much evidence for the events of the right. death and resurrection that if people would just take some time and read it it would they wouldn 't even have to study islam mm, if by default okay. the 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 facts would come clear to them and they'd go, wow. So I had to I had to I had to come over that. And then the why, of course, I, I needed to understand the why internally I knew it. Right. I know. I, I knew I just couldn't get there on my own. But Dr. David Jeremiah, the person you know, I went sure, to, uh, right. he's pretty good at explaining
2: it. Okay. Well, we'll get into that <laughs> a little bit when we come back. We're here with Sam Rasool. Uh, you can find him at thinksam.com. If you're going to sell a house or uh, buy a house, yep. talk to him and uh, at least check him out. He says you might not like him, but I don't think that's true. I think everybody's going to probably like him as soon as you get a call in. But he can help you. thinksam.com. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. I'm sitting in for david you are listening to the david spoon experience right here on am 1210 k praise the christian station in san diego california when we come back we're going to talk to sam a little bit more about his testimony and find out a little more about the real estate market in san diego don't go anywhere
3: god bless the
1: usa the david spoon experience continues 1210 K
2: Praise, the Christian station. Billions of people are cut off from access to the gospel, living in hard-to-reach places. Sometimes, extreme poverty causes isolation. Others live in hostile communities. Their family may kill them if they acknowledge faith in Christ. The most efficient way to reach these people is by supporting a pastor that knows their language, lives like them, is one of them, and ready to start a church. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. Since 1953, Whitefields has been supporting national pastors in the most remote villages, proclaiming the gospel to all people. This is David Spoon, and many of you are out there looking for an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. Will your partnership
3: by praying and donating to Whitefields Ministry can advance the cause of Christ by starting more churches in needy communities. Visit whitefields.org or call 760 760- 846-8610 and donate today. Hey, K-Praise friends, Sam Rasul here with Keller Williams Realty. So I heard you've been on the Internet trying to figure out what your home's worth. Stop that. The Internet's a scary place. If you or someone you know is considering selling, call me. I'll give you a free and accurate home value report. The market is changing, and you need to know what's going on. I've been selling homes all over San Diego for more than 20 years. I'm a trusted K-Praise partner and fellow believer. You have nothing to lose by calling. Me. My in-home consultation and home value report are free. When we meet, I'll give you a copy of my book, Muslim by Birth, Christian by Faith, and I'll even donate to your favorite charity or ministry. Call me now, 858-780-1SAM, 858-780-1SAM, or just visit ThinkSam.com, realestatethinksam.com. Thanks.
0: results of a recent Gallup poll on American values wasn't unexpected, but nonetheless disappointing. This is Jim Garlow. A Gallup poll issued this past spring reported the views Americans hold on what we used to call moral issues. What the poll revealed, among other things, is that divorce is now approved by 73% of the people, same-sex relations approved by 63%, abortion is at 43%, and the list goes on. Author Oz Guinness is quoted as saying, Thinking Christianly is thinking by Christians about anything and everything in a consistently Christian way, in a manner that is shaped, directed, and restrained by the truth of God's Word and God's Spirit. I couldn't agree more. Be bold in your conviction that the Word of God is true and has the answers for a nation adrift in anti-biblical values, values that call evil good and good evil. There's more at jimgarlow.com. Local, national,
1: and heavenly talk. This is the David
2: Student Experience
1: at on AM 1210, k at the Christian Station.
2: Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here at AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. I'm sitting in for David and you can find our ministry at Whitefields.org. Whitefields Ministry supports national pastors starting new churches in their own countries among their own people. You can also call 760 846 And I'm sitting here talking with Sam Razul. Sam has been helping Whitefields with financial donations coming from the commission portion of his commission that he donates to to nonprofit charities on behalf of people that uh, choose to sell a house with K-Praise. And we were just talking, you know, that was a great uh, lead in that uh, Jim Garlow just gave. Uh, Really everything we've been talking about this morning, what we were just talking about with you as well, about thinking Christianly. God's word is true. And that's what you had to come to a conclusion with in your own life as moving from a Muslim to becoming a Christian. You had to be convinced God's word is true. These are right. facts. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, he let you know God left all the evidence there. Right. It's, it's all there. You know, we right. just
3: have to take the time and get out of our own way and go, let me just look enough into it that I that I can see it. It's there.
2: Right. OK, that's a great way for people to pray. We're always asking people to pray for For non-believers, God has given us that privilege. And so as we try to encourage, we got Muslims around the world right now that our pastors are trying to to lead to Christ. And oftentimes these Muslims are actually seeking Christ. They're they're saying, I see what you do. I see how you live. I see how you're generous and gracious and loving and kind. Your God is real, one of them said. And now they got to study out those things. Now you said uh, David Jeremiah knew pretty well how to. Did you go to? I, I, I've i kind of heard, and in your book you talk about that. When you first approached Doctor Jeremiah, was it to seek help or was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, as a. So my wife and her family
3: were Christians, and we'd gone to many churches mm-hmm. during the time of me being just a secular Muslim. And we we just one day they her, she had family visiting from Seattle, okay, and and they insisted on going to church. Out to Shadow Mountain. Okay, and I looked this place up, and I'm going, "Why are we going to El Cajon for anything?"
2: <laughs> no offense, <to> El. Cajon. <laughs> no offense to El Cajon. No <laughs> but, offense to El Cajon, listeners. We love El Cajon, love you, but God I mean, is hitting, hitting so the eject button from right from where now. We were right. You know, we're as far away from Carmel you. Mountain. I'm yeah. like,
3: "Why are we going?" I mean, I'm like, Honey, That's a long "There's a There's our church right down the road. Yeah. Oh no, we got to hear this guy Jeremiah. Yeah. So anyway, I stumbled in the church, and uh, God had a plan there, and He He wanted me to hear Him, and, and then I, I that was the guy I decided He was going to be my Guy. He was going to be my question guy. That's okay. the guy You're that I going to
2: question. Him. All right. That's great. And he does. I've, I've heard him preach before. Uh, so uh, he, he does have a good handle he on it. He does, Earth, right? right? <laughs> Just like you have a good handle on the real estate market. What's happening in San Diego with real estate right now? What's, well, okay. what's hot? What's new? Real
3: estate is... Um, it's a, it's going to be a changing market, you know. Okay. It's, it's been a great sellers market for several years. The first half of this year has been a booming sellers market. Okay, but I, I am cautioning most of my clients now to be be aware. Okay, we just we can't have cycles that continually go up. Right, we yes. will have a softening, and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So, as a seller, you know, if your timeline for a move a time frame is six months to a year. Make it sooner if okay. you can. And if you have the ability to do it sooner, I think do it sooner. Because kind of do it,
2: move into something temporary. Sure. Get, but it, you're now the sale is done yep. during the yep. seller's market.
3: Because when these markets shift, Steve, mm-hmm. they shift rapidly. Right. The first okay. The first bump is a, a bumpy. Right. right. As soon <laughs> as the buyers go, oh, there's a little bit of blood in the water, yep. look out. We look get out a quick drop. Okay. And then it kind of stabilizes before we trickle down. We're not going to collapse. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying cycles go up, cycles go down. We're due for a correction. Sellers, make your move. Buyers, I still say buyers make your move. Sure. Don't wait for something because interest rates will go up when the market goes down. That's so you true, do- yeah.
2: And there, the Fed is starting to raise interest rates. Yes, I they think are. I see some upward, yep. uh, you know. And it's it's uh, one of the key things from a buyer standpoint. It's really about whether you find a house that you like, right? That works for you. That you want to get into. That fits your budget. It doesn't really matter whether it's a buyer or seller's market. You, you just need a house that you want to get into. You, you, you hit
3: it perfectly. Okay, sellers good. should be. I rarely do that. Well, by the you, way. <laughs> with this, you did. I mean, a seller is thinking in time frames, right. trying to time the market a little bit. Yeah. A buyer shouldn't be. A buyer should be just look, if I find the right house, I can afford it now, okay. and I need to live somewhere, then you make a purchase. Right.
2: Unless you're an investor. Okay, an investor. That's investor,
3: different. different deal. You're, you're, you're timing the market a little bit more. Yeah.
2: You know, now I, I have a confession to make. Can I make a confession sure. about real estate? Okay. I've sold quite a few houses. You will be forgiven here on the show. Okay. Thank you very much. Todd, you can, you can do the <laughs> Todd, forgiving the, over there for me. Does anybody have any water we can? Okay. Here, here's the thing that I've, uh, <laughs> several times we've moved uh, over the years because ministry kind of takes you here and then takes you there and takes you somewhere else. Several times I've been in the position where I, I knew I needed to sell a house. And there was some stuff that had to be fixed. And I did not know. And so I didn't call the realtor because I was embarrassed. I got to a- yeah. and I didn't have the money to do it. I've heard your ad. Yep. Explain that.
3: Okay. It's really simple. Number one, don't start fixing stuff up before you call a professional like me to come out and just walk through because you might spend 20 grand on something and then I walk in and you say to me, oh, by the way, Sam, I just did this and I go, oh, okay, well, wow, that retaining wall is not going to get you any more value. (laughs) Ah, right. Okay. So So you just
2: spend a lot of money and you're not going to get a higher price. And number
3: two, I front Money for that. So okay. I literally, for my clients, if someone needs $5, 10 15 $20,000 to get paint, carpet, landscape, I'll front that from my own wow. reserves. And then I just get reimbursed back equally i don 't charge any interest i don 't charge any fees i, I don 't You can use your own contractor, your own painting guy. I have no ties to any of that okay I just do it as a, 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 a an added value for my clients
2: I, I could have used you as a young pastor many times yep. several times because they were just like we were just trying to scrape by. We really got to get that wall painted we got to get that room. And uh, it was really tight. And that most was, people have equity, right, Steve? So right. they have the money there. It's there. It's just it's I just, don't have it till I sell it. And I, I can't sell it till I get this done. And I get paid through escrow, so it's no big deal. So if someone wants to sell their home or they're going to upsize or downsize, you can help them with everything, right? I the mean, whole thing. The we, whole we,
3: thing. We, we, we'll help you sell. We'll help you make your move locally. We'll help you if you're moving out of state. We're going to okay. connect you to the right real estate people in oh, Missouri or Alabama. Yeah, you've
2: got a whole connection, right? Whole Keller Williams and that. Keller Williams Network. You can help ready. them move anywhere, find a house, Absolutely. with the right people. That's great. Those are all now. I know your office is is really centrally located, too, right? On the 15 near 56. Right, so you Right got there. The I can reach anywhere
3: in the county. County. I just right. did Oceanside. I've got Chula Vista going. Yeah. Center stuff, and we have offices throughout the county that we can do marketing from too. Okay, All so right. I, when we take a, for example, if I list something um, in Chula Vista, we're going to do some marketing out of the East Lake office. So we've That's got great. we've got a lot of reach.
2: All right, folks, I hope you will get with ThinkSam.com. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. Happy 4th, everyone. Local, national,
1: and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station.